listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 7th of September 2022 uh, from the SBS newsroom. Uh, Later, food inflation, why prices are coming down but will still stay elevated. But first, let's go to the economy where GDP expanded by 0.9% in the June quarter, 3.6% annually. And that's because consumers are continuing to spend despite rising interest rates. But remember, These numbers are backward-looking, meaning they're from the three months to the June quarter. Of course, we've seen a few interest rate rises since then. So what now? For more, I spoke earlier with Alan Oster. He is the Chief Economist at NAB. I think it's very robust, and I think it's very different to what we're seeing offshore. So I think it's a good story. What would you say are the key drivers of the economy? We've still got consumption coming back very strongly, particularly in hospitality and services. So it's sort of um, a hangover from COVID as we're coming out of it. And the other part of the economy that's very strong is trade. Um, You see mining profits basically contributing everything in terms of profits across the economy, and you see very strong exports. I guess let's focus in on on the consumer, right, because we're seeing a bounce yeah. back in um, consumption, okay? And we're seeing the borders reopen, they're taking flights, they're spending at restaurants, some are even spending at the shops. How are consumers funding all of this spending? Because the household savings ratio is now back down to pre-COVID levels. So what does this mean? It basically means at this stage that they're spending out of savings to keep their consumption going. The other thing that I think is really important is this is prior to when the Reserve Bank uh, increases in rates had any impact. Um, and, you know, we all look at it, our own books, etc. I don't think you're really going to see any significant liquidity impact uh, from the rate rises until October, November. So what you've got is people haven't yet had to pay more to the banks. They probably are aware it's coming but they seem to be spending it anyway. So, I mean, once some people were saying to me the other day, a few months ago, <clears throat> consumer was happy um, and was spending. <clears throat> now they're grumpy, but they're still spending. Before we go into more detail on that, right, I just want to go back to the economy because we've spoken about all the positives. Uh, mm-hmm. Can we talk about the flip side? What, what are the weaker parts of the economy? What's actually detracting from growth and how much of a concern is that? Uh, in the short term, stocks took a huge reduction uh, out of the economy, basically because people ran up a lot of stocks in the first quarter as they had issues with um, supply chain problems and they didn't need to run them very much different this time and so that detracted a lot. Um, I think construction generally was also not good. Now, you can argue that that's temporary because it rained a lot, um, but generally what you're seeing is not great business investment, although plant equipment was a little bit better as well. Okay, so given all of that, rising mm-hmm. interest rates, we've got rising cost of living pressures, um, I'm assuming this is as good as it yeah. gets for economic growth for now. Is there a potential, though, for a contraction in the economy or even a recession? Because even yesterday, as you mentioned, the RBA acknowledged that it takes some months, some time for uh, a rise in interest rates to actually hit the consumer. Our bottom line is it's really going to depend on what the Reserve Bank does from here, but we've got them going another 50 points up to about 285. 
Um, if that's the case, I think the combination of very weak global growth, um, where we have recessions essentially in the US, Europe, UK, and essentially China, um, that hurts, and also higher interest rates. So we see growth from around three and a half, three and three quarters this year to something like two-ish or one and three quarters the year after, so halving. Um, and the good news is I think we can get away with that. If we can get away with that and inflation comes back to, let's say, the top of the range by the end of next year or early 24, that's a pretty good outcome. And if I was the central bank and the government, I'd bank that. So are you saying a peak in interest rates at 285? Is that what you're saying? We're saying a peak in interest rates at 285. So we've got another 25 next month and another 25 after that. Then I think they're going to sit around and watch. Why? Because that's the period where all these liquidity impacts are going to start hurting the consumer. And that's when the consumer slowdown, I think, is going to happen. And they need to see how bad is it going to be. Okay, so here's the thing, though. So there are a number of other bank economists saying we'll see a peak in interest rates above 3%, right? Some 3.35. If that happens, is there a potential, in your view, for the economy to really contract and for there to be a recession as a result, and why? The markets have three and a half. Uh, I think if you get three and a half, that would probably cause a recession in Australia. So I think the liquidity impacts are really large. And so we look across our book and we can see that's called, even on what I'm saying, 500 bucks a month out of the average household. So that would mean that if you're on an average weekly earnings and got a four and a half percent pay rise, you get to keep nothing. Um, and so I think, you know, significantly higher than that, uh, I think is a problem. And, you know, it, you're flying blind. It takes 12 months to basically see the full impact of monetary policy. Everybody knows that. So I think they need to be a little bit careful. And so far, I think they're giving the idea and focus that they're going, going to be a bit careful because they, they're aware that long and variable lags and let's not create more problems than we need. Alan Oster there, the Chief Economist of NAB. The Australian share market fell more after that data was released today. The 200 down 1.4% to 6,729. For more of the day's market action, I spoke earlier with Adam Dawes from Shaw and Partners. Look, it's really interesting uh, looking at going forward. The banks uh, have been certainly down a little bit. The resources have been down a little bit. Some of the brighter sparks are healthcare. But as I left the desk, the US futures were still pointing lower. And I think basic, basically what we're doing is following the US's lead and try and playing as the US is playing a little bit of catch up from the, the day off that they had earlier in the week. I think overall our market's still looking okay, but certainly off today due to the commodities in the banks being lower. Okay, let's focus on the banks. I'm keen to get your take on the sector as they ponder interest rate rises. The RBA lifted that official cash rate by 50 basis points yesterday. So now I guess the banks have to weigh up whether they actually pass on those rate cuts or do they keep a lid on rates to attract new businesses or new business, especially as that $500 billion worth of mortgages come off their fixed rate soon. What's your take? Certainly, it's a, it's a dynamic that creates a challenging investment environment for investors. So the challenge is, is, is that, yes, on one hand, they get more money from higher interest rates, so they get more money from deposits. On the other side, most of the banks, e.g. Commonwealth Bank, the most, margin, most of their margin is with home loans. So it, it is a really tough business for, for or investors to look at. 
I think overall the broader market is going to accept higher interest rates going forward because we're seeing that with the RBA and the banks will follow going forward as well. But I have seen CBA come out and talk about new home loans. We're going to reduce interest rates. And I think that competitive landscape is always going to be very competitive going forward. One of the corporate stories of the day that caught my attention is IGA owner Metcash. It saw group sales up nearly 9% in the first 17 weeks of August. Now, I like talking about these types of companies, because, especially supermarket-related companies, because they give us an idea on food inflation, right? What can you see? What, 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 are, what is that company saying about where food prices are going? Certainly food prices aren't going to be going back to the $10 head of lettuce that we saw a couple of months ago. And the reason is because we're starting to see oil starting to come off, and that obviously helps with diesel prices, which means that it basically gets it cheaper from the farm to the supermarket. But we also see inflation prices or prices within inflation in food is all about labour shortages or getting the staff to actually get them to pick the strawberries, to put it into the punnet, to get it to the customer. So food inflation is certainly one of those things that will continue to rise. We saw Woolworths talk about it the other day. Coles have definitely talked about it as well. And now Metcash talking about how inflation is biting on their margins going forward. But it's not going to be as bad as what it was previously. So it is manageable or Metcash, as like they just said today, going to be manageable for us moving forward to keep that inflation or keep a lid on that price inflation. Finally, in this environment, rising interest rates and inflation, where do you see the opportunities? Opportunities in rising inflation is certainly you need to be in infrastructure stocks. That's a fantastic place to be, and we certainly see the likes of Transurban doing very, very well. Other businesses like uh, that can rise prices with inflation, so something like a Telstra has been doing well also. And then the other side of the coin, which isn't maybe everybody's favourite, but the energy space. Energy space is doing very well, and particularly the coal space. I know it's not the favourite for everybody with the environmental side of things, but coal has been absolutely going absolute gambusters, and we think that's going to continue as well. So there's certainly some opportunities for the brave in this market at the moment. Adam Dawes there from Shaw and Partners. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music.